This is Russ with My Music on Vinyl. And today we are going to be following Black History Month with a show called Quest for Equality and Freedom at Last. If you're wondering what the intro music is, I thought I would take this time today to tell you that this is a variation that I did on various guitars looped from a theme by Carcassi called Prelude in E Minor with my variations on it. So let's listen. History Month in the United States. Now, here's an album called American Slave Songs, and it was done probably in about 1975. It's Michelle LaRue and Alex Foster, and they put together interpretations of some songs. Uh, work songs were a big thing in the slave era. An American Negro slave work ballad was one of the best-known and most-performed songs, and it was called John Henry, and it's in American folklore. Whether John Henry lived or is just a legend, he was and is an idol for all working men. So here's an interpretation of a field song, John Henry. Thank you. 
the quest for equality and the quest for freedom at last on today's show my music on vinyl with russ in slavery times secret meetings were convened by songs slaves stole away from numerous plantations to african cult meetings and their only means of knowing where and when was through songs when slaves sang of freedom or meetings openly they were punished so they couldn't do that Their masters had told them of freedom in another life, and these slaves were willing to have their masters believe they accepted this. 
for here was the one outlet both to sing and to give all necessary underground information. Though their songs sounded religious to their masters, slaves weren't concerned about some celestial shore, but rather freedom. In this song, Hush, Somebody's Calling My Name, one of the most effective cult songs of the American slaves, this song is not religious in any sense of the word, though it is often used in church services. Remember, cult songs served the slaves a twofold purpose, to have their master think they were seeking salvation in the sky, and two, to give codes and messages for escape and secret meetings through using religious themes. So here it is, Hush, Somebody's Calling My Name. Oh, my Lord. 
With Hush, Somebody's Calling My Name, when slaves sang about freedom and the like openly, they were likely punished severely. So they used religious themes to cover their secret. Many slaves escaped during the underground movement and other similar movements through this song. They sang it to give messages. And then after escape, they sang it as a song of celebration and victory. The lyric is, Speak nothing, for the very cause of escape is at hand. And I'm so glad I got my freedom in time was that joyous strain used after arrival on Freedom's Shore. Follow the Drinking Gourd is an interesting one. One of the most familiar of all cult songs, a peg-legged white sailor inspired this creation. The sailor would anchor, then walk the pattern of the Big Dipper, forming his peg-legged prints as a pointer to his boat. Slaves would sing, Follow the Drinking Gourd. The Drinking Gourd was a metaphoric allusion to the Big Dipper, an allusion to escape to the north and freedom.
time is come for to see the cup follow the drinking door follow the drinking door From the vinyl LP album, American Negro Slave Songs by Alex Foster and Michelle LaRue on the Tradition Everest label, catalog number 2108 in stereo on our diverse world's favorite show, My Music on Vinyl with Russ. By the way, catch Our Diverse World each Saturday night on KPNWDB Radio at 8 p.m. with The Voice. And now, a little bit of Martin Luther King, Jr. Now, it doesn't matter now. It really doesn't matter what happens now. I left Atlanta this morning, and as we got started on the plane, there were six of us. The pilot said over the public address system, we are sorry for the delay. But we have Dr. Martin Luther King on the plane. And to be sure that all of the bags were checked. And to be sure that nothing would be wrong on the plane, we had to check out everything carefully. And we've had the plane protected and guarded all night. And then I got into Memphis. And some began to say the threats, or talk about the threats that were out. Or what would happen to me from some of our sick white brothers? Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead. But it really doesn't matter with me now, because I've been to the mountaintop. I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place. But I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain. And I've looked over. And I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know the night that we as a people will get to the promised land. So I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. I have a dream this afternoon that the brotherhood of man will become a reality in this day with this faith. I will go out and carve a tunnel of hope through the mountain of despair with this faith. 
I will go out with you and transform dark yesterdays into bright tomorrows. With this faith, we will be able to achieve this new day when all of God's children, black men and white men, Jews and Gentiles, Protestants and Catholics, will be able to join hands and sing with the Negroes in the spiritual of all, free at last, free at last. Thank God Almighty. What was the answer that Jesus gave these men? It's very interesting. One would have thought that Jesus would have condemned them. One would have thought that Jesus would have said, you are out of your place, you are selfish. Why would you raise such a question? That isn't what Jesus did. He did something altogether different. He, he said in substance, oh, I see. You want to be first? You want to be great? You want to be important? You want to be significant? Well, you ought to be. If you're going to be my disciple, you must be. He reordered priorities. And he said, yes, don't give up this instinct. It's a good instinct if you use it right. It's a good instinct if you don't distort it and pervert it. Don't give it up. Keep feeling the need for being important. Keep feeling the need for being first. But I want you to be first in love. I want you to be first in moral excellence. I want you to be first in generosity. That is what I want you to do. And he transformed the situation by giving a new definition of greatness. And you know how he said it? He said, now, brethren, I can't give you greatness. And really, I can't make you first. This is what Jesus said to James and John. You must earn it. True greatness comes not by favoritism, but by fitness. And the right hand and the left are not mine to give. They belong to those who are prepared. And so Jesus gave us a new norm of greatness. If you want to be important, wonderful. If you want to be recognized, wonderful. If you want to be great, wonderful. But recognize that he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. That's a new definition of greatness. And this morning, the thing that I like about it, by giving that definition of greatness, it means that everybody can be great. Because everybody can serve. Every now and then, I guess we all think realistically yes, about that day when we will be victimized with what is life's final common denominator. That's something that we call death. We all think about it, and every now and then I think about my own death, and I think about my own funeral.
And I don't think of it in a morbid sense. Every now and then I ask myself, what is it that I would want said? And I leave the word to you this morning. If any of you are around, when I have to meet my day, I don't want a long funeral. And if you get somebody to deliver the eulogy, tell them not to talk too long. Every now and then I wonder what I want them to say. Tell them not to mention that I have a Nobel Peace Prize. That isn't important. Tell them not to mention that I have three or four hundred other awards. That's not important. Tell them not to mention where I went to school. I'd like somebody to mention that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to give his life serving others. I'd like for somebody to say that day that Martin Luther King Jr. tried to love somebody. I want you to say that day that I tried to be right on the wall question. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try to feed the hungry. I want you to be able to say that day that I did try in my life to clothe those who were naked. I want you to say on that day that I did try in my life to visit those who were in prison. I want you to say that I tried to love and serve humanity. Yes, if you want to say that I was a drum major. Say that I was a drum major for justice. Say that I was a drum major for peace. I was a drum major for righteousness. And all of the other shallow things will not matter. I won't have any money to leave behind. I won't have the fine and luxurious things of life to leave behind. But I just want to leave a committed life behind. And that's all I want to say. If I can help somebody as I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word of song, if I can show somebody he's traveling wrong, then my living will not be in vain. If I can do my duty as a Christian, or if I can bring salvation to a world once wrought, if I can spread the message as the master taught, then my living will not be in vain. Yes, Jesus, I want to be on your right or your left side, not for any selfish reason. I want to be on your right or your left side, not in terms of some political kingdom or ambition. But I just want to be there in love and in justice and in truth. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. from the album Free at Last on Gordy Records. My Music on Vinyl. That was the Drum Major Instinct Sermon. February 4th, 1968. Two months to the day before he was gunned down in Memphis. It included Dr. King's desired eulogy. You've been listening to My Music on Vinyl with Russell. Please go out and do something good in the world, and we will see you next month on My Music on Vinyl.